Welcome to Just Curious Media. This is Let's Talk Cobra Kai. I'm Jason Connell, documentary filmmaker, churn podcaster. And I'm Sal Rodriguez, comedian and toy collector. And here we are, episode nine of Cobra Kai. Oh my gosh, what a ride it's been. It's been incredible. I feel like Cobra Kai has grabbed me by the collar and like slapped me around. I feel all discombobulated. It's a lot to take in. <laughs> I'm totally loving it. It's almost a, a surreal experience seeing these moments with Johnny and Daniel in the same room together. Every time I see them in the same room, I'm, I'm just like, wow, is blow, this really happening? It, it does blow my mind. And there's a lot to cover. So the name of this episode is called Different But Same, 9.0 rating on IMDb. And we open with Robbie at a skate park. Yeah, he's in a pool. And he's very determined. Tenacious, right? He's, Is that he's the tenacious. Word? So, Sal, were you a skater? I was a skateboarder. I was never really that great. But what I used to do is I used to ride my bicycle on a half pipe, and there was a whole bunch of skaters. And after a while, they didn't like it anymore. It became a, hey, you're not on a skateboard. So they actually threw me out of the backyard because I was on my bike. That almost seems more dangerous. It probably was. Could you ride your bicycle on a pool like Robbie? I don't know about that. No. And I wasn't catching any air, right? Robbie caught air. Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah. He was pretty good. So Robbie somehow transitions from skating to pulling off this Miyagi secret kick. It almost happens by chance, right? He discovers as he goes upside down at the edge of the pool, he finds himself in this single arm handstand, almost as a surprise to himself. All that training in the woods with Daniel. If you look at the system of training of Miyagi-Do, you learn something and then you happen to find yourself using it in the actual fighting environment. The waxing on, the waxing off, paint the fence. So Ride the board. <laughs> yeah. So he learns something in karate that he figures out he can do in skateboarding. It was a very cool moment. I mean, there he is, solitary, on the edge of the pool, single-arm handstand, and he holds it. But he's holding it for, seems like, a long time. Yeah. So now we're at LaRusso's residence, and Daniel's making coffee. And what does he see? Oh. He's enjoying his Saturday morning coffee at his beautiful home, and Johnny shows up on the motorcycle after getting his car set on fire by Louie and his thug friends. Right. And he's there for a showdown. He assumes Daniel is behind the whole thing. Sure. And he's out for vengeance. Oh, yeah. And you know what? I admire that. I've learned. I've seen enough people in lawsuits. I have to take someone to court myself, and I'm procrastinating. Just go to their face and just fight with them. You know what? If I could fight the property developer next door instead of dealing with court... And he kicks my ass, it's over. I kick his ass, it's over. But there's more satisfaction in that. I'm not sure it's over in your situation. <laughs> you <beat laughs> no, no, it, it is to me. It's All right, right. You would have two lawsuits going. <laughs> so it takes Amanda to defuse the situation. Yes. She speaks her mind. She gets involved. I like Amanda's character more and more. So she comes out and basically invites Johnny for breakfast, <laughs> which is hilarious. Let's settle this like adults, she says. Daniel says, you want to go inside? And Johnny, what's he say? I could eat. <laughs> Classic. And I'm watching that going, what? Are you serious? Daniel LaRusso and Johnny Lawrence are about to have breakfast together? Well, it's hard to keep a 30 plus year rivalry intact. 
And also know? interesting how their lives are becoming entwined, right? Was it starting with Sam hitting his car? Yeah, uh, that set things in motion. Okay, who was driving? Was it Moon or was it... Uh, Yasmin. Yasmin was driving. Yasmin started it all. So now we cut to school and it's a PSAT practice on a Saturday. Okay. Now that makes sense. So you're good at days. Oh, yeah. Okay, yes. It was a practice test. So in this practice session, Miguel and Dimitri have a brief discussion. The class ends, and Sam's waiting for Miguel in the hallway, and he's really disconnected here. Yeah, he is, because of what he saw in the previous episode. And remind our listeners what he saw. Miguel goes to Sam's house to visit her, finally meet the family, sees Sam and her folks... And I believe the little brother Anthony as well was there. And then next to them at the table, Robbie is sitting there. Correct. It was an innocent family dinner. But Miguel never met her parents. She's never invited him over. Exactly. For all he knows, they don't even know he exists. So he sees this, gets jealous, runs off, right? And now he wants to quiz her about it and see if she lies. Sam offers to take them to Salt and Straw on Ventura. Yeah. Sal, have you ever been to Salt and Straw? No. Wait, did she say on Ventura or in Ventura? On Ventura. And that's a real place? So I looked it up, and there's salt and straws all over the place. What? And it looks fantastic. Okay, so Amanda, Daniel, and Johnny have breakfast, and Johnny mentions to Amanda and Daniel that their daughter Sam was involved in the wreck that totaled his car. Yeah, a hit and run, which makes me upset because I have a zero tolerance for hit and run. Well, Daniel dismisses it. But Amanda thinks there's something to the story here. Yeah. and Well, she probably knows that Moon and Yasmin are not good people. Yeah, they don't know them that well. No. She doesn't know them. No, and you can tell Amanda is a good person. She wants to do the right thing. So an astute parent knows what friends of your kids are bad news. And Johnny wouldn't make this up. No. They may hate Johnny Lawrence. But he's not a liar. So when he says something, you have to take it at face value, I think. So what do they decide to do for Johnny? Amanda offers up a car. Exactly. Give Johnny a car from the trade-in lot to make up for what our stupid cousin Louie did. Louie's crime, really. Give him a car and let's move on with our lives. While Amanda and Daniel have this conversation, Anthony is lurking and heckles Johnny. (laughs) Yeah. We're starting to see more from Anthony now. Yeah, he's a little troublemaker, that kid. He is. He's an instigator. Yeah, he's like, oh, because Johnny said, you got any ketchup? And what he said, get it yourself. Yeah. And then he's like, you're lucky my dad doesn't break your arm or something. And then Johnny's like, your dad's lucky I don't break his arm. He yeah. says something like that. It's a great debate they're having. <laughs> so cut to a park, which I think is probably affiliated with the school. But Miguel is sharing with Dimitri, Hawk, and Aisha. And he's just in a bad mood. Miguel's really heartbroken, confused. And then Aisha sees a nasty comment Yasmin posts online. Sure. And this goes back a lot further from when Aisha was, what, eating something at the buffet? Yeah. This isn't the first time. Yeah. So Yasmin and her have a history. But now Aisha is a Cobra Kai. Oh, yes. And she wants revenge. No mercy. And her plan is to... This is a new thing. I learned something here. This is not crashing a party. Or is it preemptively crashing a party? That's a good point, because they don't crash something that's happening. They just started the party. Yeah, they took over the location. The canyon. Yeah, prior to the initial party coming. So they made their own party at the location. Yeah, party at five. I think they kicked their party off at four. I think that was a fantastic idea. And so I like it's at the canyon. It's kind of like a 
moon tower reference from Dazed and Confused. Did you have a canyon type of moon tower place in high school that the kids would hide and drink? When I was in high school and just after high school, there was a lot of cruising going on up and down Laurel Canyon. Cruise the Canyon is what it was called. Totally. So now we're at LaRusso Auto and Daniel and Johnny are walking the trade lot looking for a car. Yeah. And Daniel points to a Subaru. <laughs> I love that. And Johnny says, a Forester? I can't say this, can I? What do I look like, a Lesbo? We can say it because it was said on the show. I'm only repeating <laughs> what Johnny Lawrence's character said. So they keep walking, and then they spot what? A Dodge Challenger. 2009. Yeah, it looked pretty nice, too. The paint and body looked nice. And Daniel agrees to a test drive. Sure. But no one's available. No, but you remember who else he asked about? Where's Robbie? Oh, imagine that if Robbie would have been asked to come and help. It's almost like a Twilight Zone. You could do a Twilight Zone episode where what if Robbie would have come out and helped. We need a Cobra Kai choose your own adventure. (laughs) So no one's available. Daniel's going to take him on a test drive. But first, Johnny asks if there's one in black. Yeah. Which is pretty funny. That is pretty funny. And his car was red. It was red. And this one was orange. Right. Hmm, interesting. I would have thought he would like an orange. If he liked having a red Firebird, he would probably like an orange Challenger versus a black one. I'll just keep watching the series. Oh, no. So now we're back at LaRusso's, and Amanda confronts Sam about the wreck. Yeah, Sam admits it. Yeah. You know what? I got to hand it to Sam. She could have totally lied about that. It was also written all over her face. (laughs) She's also a very good person. She's not a good liar. But I admire Amanda for stepping in grounding her yeah taking her cell phone away which i'm telling you that has got to be huge oh yeah and then antonio says hey her laptop and her smartwatch too he really stepped up this episode you know what he might be karate champ at some point i wouldn't put it past him okay so now daniel and johnny are driving on ventura boulevard listening and singing to ario speedwagon when they are singing together really my hand is just like it is now on my forehead going oh my gosh is this really happening Is this really happening right now? Unreal. (laughs) They were almost practically singing a duet. It was great. They could have taken that on the road. Which song was that? REO Speedwagon? Take It on the Run. One of their many hits. Were you a big REO guy? What guy isn't? Good answer. (laughs) So here's our two heroes, and they're connecting and they're bonding, which is really neat to see. And so I'm in awe of this moment. And then they're reminiscing they stop at the seven seas apartment yeah they happen to be driving by the seven seas and we're going back and forth between the karate kid footage and current day and the whole scene was just too much for me daniel says this is mind-blowing crazy being back and i'm wondering though after all these years and he still lives in the valley he never went back there until this very moment he probably didn't want to you know, although that's where he did meet Miyagi, so it is a little shocking. But he probably just went to Miyagi's house instead. Interesting. And Johnny lives in an apartment, which we've talked about in previous episodes, very similar to Seven Seas. Oh, yeah. They patterned Johnny's current apartment after Seven Seas for sure. So Johnny also shares the fact that he didn't have a father. He was raised by a stepfather. Yeah, because, you know, Daniel just assumed... He was this rich valley kid. Yeah, his life was great. He probably had an awesome family. Everything's great in his life. He's got a motorbike. He's got a sports car. He's dating or was dating the most popular girl in school. In other words, Johnny Lawrence peaked way too early. I think it's safe to say that 
these two have had a series of misunderstandings that go back to the first movie. Yeah. So what we're learning is that Johnny and Daniel are not so dissimilar. Exactly. They're so similar that it drives them both crazy. Wow. Mind blown. So now we're at the convenience store and the Cobra Kai's are loading up for the party at the canyon. While they're getting supplies, Miguel cannot reach Sam. Yeah, he's trying to reach her, calling her, texting her. And then we see what's going on is Amanda's keeping both kids, not hostage, but they're both at the table with her while she works. Yeah. And they have assignments. Yes. But Anthony continues the heckling. Yes, he starts teasing Sam. Because he's got full access. He's got Wi-Fi, phone, (laughs) computer, and all she can do is read a book. (laughs) She's back in time reading a book. Meanwhile, he's living it up on the interweb. It's pretty funny. I love this moment where Hawk tries to buy beer. Amazing. (laughs) It was hilarious. He's so confident. He is. The guy's like, oh, let me see your ID. And he's like, "What? are you kidding me? That's my freaking kid over there. That's great. I started busting up when he pointed at that kid. Yeah, he says that Bert's his kid, which is hilarious. Bert's the small Cobra Kai. And he gives him a card. Now, true to form, I paused the scene just to explore further. Did it say Hawkerman? It said Walter Hawkman. <laughs> and he lives at 17 Sycamore Street in Sino, California, 91426, which I Google mapped and it was nothing. Okay. His date of birth on this fake ID was June 9th, 1993. So when this episode aired, he would have been 25. Jeez, that's pretty confident. You think he would have made himself yeah, 22 or something? Totally. He went big. <laughs> I just love the concept of fake IDs. You do? Yeah. Oh, they're fantastic. I had a fake ID once. I never had one. I did. Well, let me be clear. It wasn't a fake ID. It was a real ID. Someone else's ID. No, it was Someone else's birth certificate. Yes. It was a made up ID, but I got it from the DMV. It was a legit ID. Yes. Just another name. You know, in high school, I was 17 and there was a grocery store. I will not say which one. And I would go in there like Hawk, but not as cocky, but confident and show my real ID, which showed that I was 17. Yeah. And a lot of times they would just give me the beer. Wow. Because they just assume it's a lot for them to take in and add really quickly in their head. Yes. And so I got away with that a few times. Interesting. Not that I drank a lot. No, but interestingly, that's why it says you have to have been born after this year. So that way it's already calculated for the cashier. It's totally for the cashier. Anyway, Hawk scores. Not only does Hawk get beer, what does he tell the cashier at the end? Add like seven bottles of vodka? Yeah, give me those eight bottles of vodka. Wow. Yeah, hey, might as well milk it. So now we're back at LaRusso's and Robbie arrives. Robbie arrives for his karate lesson, right? That's what he says. And Daniel's out hanging out with Johnny, <laughs> the usual Saturday. And Sam gets caught text messaging or trying to text message. Sam shares with Robbie, I'm a prisoner. Yes. So she feels like a prisoner in her own home. That's what it's like to be a teenager without the internet or without your smartphone. You might as well have a ball and chain and be in some tower cell. Yeah. You know, like Pippi Longstocking's dad. Remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, especially when your boyfriend is trying to reach you and there's a huge party. I was waiting for her to say, but mom, let me just tell Miguel that I cannot respond to him. But she never said that. She never asked. Not that Amanda knows who Miguel is. Amanda doesn't know Sam is even seeing a boy. So that doesn't help. Okay, well, there you go. Johnny and Daniel are now at a bar. And Johnny orders up Coors Banquet. Oh, and then he says, and get this young lady a Shirley Temple. Is that what he says? Hilarious. (laughs) 
So Daniel changes the Shirley Temple to a club soda. And they start bonding over their, what, their dads? Their lack of dads? That's right, because Daniel shares with Johnny that he lost his father at yes. a young age, eight years old. Yeah. So it's not only bonding, but it's sharing common ground. Their senseis were their father figures in their lives. Now, Daniel had the good fortune of having Mr. Miyagi mm-hmm. as that father figure. Yeah. And Johnny had Wild Man Crease, which, you know, had an impact. I'm just really wondering if there'll be a prequel now, Young Crease. Didn't you mention that on another episode? Oh, I think it definitely could be a great show. So I'd love to see the Young Crease becoming the Crease that we all know and don't love. Maybe it'll be like a Star Wars thing, like Rogue One and Solo. We'll just have these like side things happening yeah. as Cobra Kai grows. Yeah. Follow other characters off in their existence. You can go anywhere with these things. And just so I'm on record, I wouldn't be shocked if we see a future Karate Kid or Cobra Kai movie. Would it be a prequel or a sequel, do you think? No, I mean, kind of like the Entourage, you know, or Sex and the City became a movie. Okay. Wow. Imagine the not Cobra that, Kai movie. Not that many of those movies are successful. <laughs> so maybe you stay in your lane because the show's incredible. So Daniel changes up his order. He gets a kettle martini, extra olives, ice, ice cold, and Johnny orders up two more Coors. Yeah. So these guys have turned a corner mm-hmm. and they're getting plowed. At that moment, you know, Daniel's like, well, I don't know if I'm going back to the dealership today. Totally. He lets his hair down. And he's having some fun. Mm -hmm. And probably exercising some of these demons that he has. He does carry things with him. He does. I mean, they both have. Yeah. But I think with Daniel at first glance, the dealership, the home, the wife, that's what you see. Right. And you got to go digging beneath the surface to see what a person's really experienced. So in other words, Daniel's life isn't how it looks necessarily. Just like young... Johnny's life wasn't how it appeared. Exactly. Interesting. So now back at the canyon, Yasmin arrives and it's packed. Yep. And Kyler and company are here and he sees Miguel and what's he do? Oh, he says, oh, let's find another spot. Yeah, he doesn't want to engage with Miguel again. He doesn't want to be embarrassed again. Isn't that funny? It's almost as if Miguel's a bully. Kyler could go over there and say, hey, let's let the past be the past. We're both here. But they're like terrified. Yeah. It's a bit unbelievable how terrified they are. Kyler and his buddies were beaten in epic fashion. And it was put on social media. This is a whole nother level. They don't want to revisit that at all. And they just wanted to hightail it out of there. But guess what? Moon sees Hawk. Takes a shine to him. What? Yeah. He does look pretty cool with that mohawk, I gotta admit. He has good posture. And it's his confidence. He's got confidence. He's got the V-shape physique. I never had a V-shape. So Miguel still cannot reach Sam, so he begins to drink. And you can kind of tell that Miguel's probably not a drinker. No. But he's going right in for some beers. No, you remember when Johnny wanted to have that toast with him? That's right. Right? That was the strong stuff, but... But Miguel's not a drinker. We don't see him drinking. He's not a He's an athlete. Yeah, he is. So... Now we're at LaRusso's, and Sam is reading William Faulkner. I wonder why they chose that. It was uh, As I Lay Dying, I think it was. I think that was right on the nose. (laughs) (laughs) As she lays in prison, dying. And Robbie enters the room, and he's got an ankle injury all of a sudden. Yeah, he's limping. Well calculated by Robbie. He knows Amanda is busy, and she orders Sam to run him home and come back. Yeah. 
So they walk outside and we realize he did the Kaiser Soze. He faked his own limp to rescue her, quote unquote, get her out of the house. And then he says to her, so where are we going? And she goes, we're going to go to a party. My boyfriend's waiting. So this is when she reveals to Robbie that she has a boyfriend. And then we see the look of disappointment on Robbie's face because we believe that he did have some romantic intentions. Yeah, well, he faked the whole thing to be alone with her. Yeah. But still, he's going to a party, so not all bad. Yeah, so he did have his eyes on Sam. He did devise this plan to get her out of the house, get in the car with her. Everything was going great. And then, yeah, she reveals that she has a boyfriend, and he will be meeting him shortly. Back to Sam referencing Kaiser Sose from The Usual Suspects is great. (laughs) I referenced Kaiser Sose for very different reasons. I was equating that to how they were learning these techniques like the Kaiser Sose moment mm-hmm. when they showed Daniel and the Karate Kid, when Mr. Miyagi showed him what wax on and yes. wax off meant. That was my take on it. But this was a true Kaiser Sose coming out of the limp scene. So a lot of usual suspects references here. In fact, that ending where the limp disappears, right. that's the only thing I remember from that movie. My reference was to Chaz Parliamentary as he sat in the office. He was the detective. And he drops the coffee cup when he starts to put it all together. Yes, okay. And there was the quartet board, and he starts to hear Spacey's character, and all the things he was referencing were on that board. It all comes to life. I was always using that as like when everything that you took in comes crystal clear. Yes. But she took it literal with the limp, and I'm just over the moon with these references (laughs) over here for usual suspects. All right, we're still at the bar, and they order even more drinks. And they start talking about Allie. Exactly. Wow. Well, Daniel says she's a pediatric surgeon and her husband is an oncologist. And then doesn't Johnny say something like, he sounds like a dick or something like that? Yeah, <laughs> Just because he's an oncologist, that sounds like a dick. And he mentions that she lives in Denver. Yes. So Johnny's like, for someone who hasn't talked to Allie in a long time, you sure know a lot. And he says, Johnny is so out of the loop with social media and the internet. Daniel introduces Johnny to Facebook. Yeah, he says, what's a Facebook? Yeah. So Daniel shows how he's checked out Allie on Facebook, but he has not sent her a friend request, nor has she ever sent him a friend request. So they were just like cyber stalking. Well, he was. We don't know if she was, right? That's true. He has seen her profile before. He brought it up pretty quickly. Allie Mills Schwarber. They bring up a picture of the husband, and they both start to rag on the husband. Oh, that's right. Yes. They're both bonding over the fact that they used to love the same woman. Yeah, they're bonding over memories of Allie and then start to bond over dissing her husband, which I thought was hilarious. And had things gone differently, both of them in their heart probably could have seen themselves with Allie. Sure. I mean, especially when you look back at your youth, you look back at your teens. At the one that got away. Sure, sure. There was... I have a lot of regrets. I mean, I don't regret where I'm at now, but I have regrets on the ones that got away. There was a couple of them. I don't have any of those regrets. None? No. Hmm. So now we're back at the canyon, and what is Miguel doing now? Miguel is drunk, getting drunker. He keeps drinking. They ran out of beer. Is that what happened? I think he helped put them out of beer. <laughs> I wonder who drank all that vodka. Well, no, I didn't say they ran out of vodka. Yeah. He was going for the uh, small beer stash. Interesting. Hawk is macking on Moon. Dimitri can't believe it. <laughs> so then Moon gets called away for a moment. So Hawk and Dimitri have this quick exchange, and Hawk's just so McConaughey now, or at least in Dimitri's eyes, and he says, build the energy, live in the moment. Inspired by this McConaughey speech, 
Dimitri goes to hit on who? Dimitri goes to hit on Yasmin. Good luck. Oh my gosh. He doesn't get very far. I mean, she is like the worst person on the show, right? Yeah. I mean, her character. Right. Her character's like the worst. She's stuck up. She's snobby. She's a liar. She's a cutthroat. Yeah, Moon has changed. Moon is evolving. Moon is going to the other side. Yasmin is fixed and will not budge. And when I saw Dimitri walking over, I was like, no, dude, no. So he strikes out. But Yasmin then confronts Aisha. If I were at that party, I would have said, Dimitri, do not hit on Yasmin. And I would have said, Yasmin, do not approach Aisha. <laughs> we, we could have ended yeah. all of this. This isn't the old Aisha. Yeah. She's no mercy now. No. And Our, she does her move. What is this? Like a reverse wedgie? Oh, my gosh. Well, first of all, Yasmin wants to leave. Moon wants to stay with Hawk. Yeah. Then Aisha gives Yasmin the front wedgie and says what? No mercy, bitch. Oh! Aisha arrived at that moment. If only there were cameras at that scene. I didn't see any cell phones out because it happened so quickly. And it was dark. Yeah. But that would have been the moment that would have ruined Yasmin forever. And Moon already, I guess, is taking a stance, right? She says, I apologized. Mm -hmm. You should apologize. Right? Moon is taking a turn here. With a name like Moon, I'm assuming that she's got more passive parents. Maybe her parents were hippies. Hippies. Moon is coming to the other side. Yasmin is, I think at this point, a lost cause. And Aisha humiliates her. And it's a fantastic moment. It really is. So... Sam and Robbie finally arrive at the canyon. Before they walk down and join the whole crew, Samantha shares with Robbie that her father, Daniel, hates the Cobra Kai sensei, not knowing it's Robbie's father. Yes, and in that moment, you see the look on Robbie's face, and I was almost expecting him to spill his beans. Right. Well, that sensei is my dad. But he doesn't doesn't do do it. And then she goes on to say, I'm dating Miguel who he remembers, maybe not yet, but he's about to because he's seen Miguel hug his father in front of the dojo. Yes. So all this is like brewing mm-hmm. when they confront each other. Well, it's a lot of jealousy is what it is. It's good old-fashioned jealousy. And misunderstandings. Yeah, and it goes downhill fast. Miguel is there getting drunk, sees Sam walking down this little incline with Robbie, and it almost looks like they're holding hands. Samantha walks over to introduce Miguel to Robbie, Robbie to Miguel, and right away Miguel is not having it. He's jealous. He's like, who's this dude? He says something like that, right? Yep. Who's this guy? He's offensive right off the bat. Yeah. And then what happens? So now they're in like sort of a face-off. Miguel is looking at Robbie, assuming he's the secret lover or boyfriend that Sam has. Sure. And not so secret. No. Or secret to him. Secret to him. Miguel's never had dinner with the family, yet this guy's having dinner with the family? He could be the current boyfriend for all that Miguel knows. Yeah. And Robbie looks at Miguel and sees someone that's closer to his father than he's ever been. Yeah. Mm. There's a lot brewing there. There is. And these are teenagers. Yeah. So what happens? Miguel starts a fight with Robbie. Very Cobra Kai style. It's that whole strike first thing. You know, I used to know this guy back when I was young, kind of a badass guy, and he always believed in hitting first. And then running. (laughs) If someone's up in your face right now and they're threatening you, 
hit them first. I don't buy into that. That was his philosophy. I don't know whatever became of him. I hope he's still alive. But I remember he used to say that, and that's very much a Cobra Kai mindset. Yes, it is. So he does. Miguel doesn't strike him, but shoves him down. Yes. Right? Here we are back on the beach Very in the Karate Kid again. Yeah, with the jam box and the whole push. Oh, wow. So Robbie gets back up, and Miguel goes to hit Robbie and inadvertently connects with Sam. Maybe with his elbow. I couldn't even really tell how she got hit, but she got struck accidentally. Her head wound up in the crook of his elbow. She went down. So right. it wasn't a, like a huge punch to the face, but it was a knockdown, and it was not good. You don't want to go hitting your girlfriend accidentally. No. So they get up, Robbie and Sam, and they leave. This is the breakup moment, right? Yeah. Sam and Miguel, at this moment in time, breaking up right there at the canyon. Right. And Robbie's closer to Sam than he's ever been. You know what? I'm surprised that Robbie didn't try to make a move. I mean, if you're like a, you know, not such a great guy. True. And really, are we 100% sold on Robbie yet? Remember, Robbie was doing robberies only a few episodes earlier. But Daniel's been a good influence on Robbie. And Amanda's been a good influence on Robbie. And some stability's been good for him. Okay. I'm willing to believe that he can change, that he can evolve. I just don't know if he's there yet. Understood. So Johnny and Daniel arrive back at LaRusso's drunk. Mm -hmm. After having what appeared to be a pleasant day together. A great day. They hung out all Saturday. Finding common ground, revisiting the past, talking about their mutual ex-girlfriend, going down memory lane, having drinks. Everything was cool. They arrived. They were going to, what, do some exercises in the dojo, have a well, little no. face-off? It was Rocky Three referenced. They went there specifically to go in the dojo and spar. Sure. And I'm looking forward to that. I'm watching this like, wow, they're going to have a friendly sparring session. Yeah, maybe they would have padded up. Who knows? No one seems to pad up in this world. I was looking forward to seeing this. And then they enter the dojo. And who is there? Robbie is waiting in the dojo. Daniel walks in with Johnny. Holy crap. And Johnny immediately doesn't understand what he's seeing and shoves Daniel into a trophy. Into his under 18 All Valley. One of them. He's got two. Okay. And Daniel's taken aback. Yeah, Daniel understand. doesn't know what's happening. He doesn't know that that's his son. And it's revealed in this moment. But he, then, extra pivotal and meaningful, Johnny wants to fight Daniel now, real fight. And then Robbie jumps in between, puts his fist up, ready to fight off Johnny from hitting Daniel. Exactly. Wow. Big moment. I could not believe it when I saw this. So Johnny can't believe it frustrated what we do on this series is frustration leads to exodus <laughs> so he leaves he's got a lot to grapple with daniel is in shock and immediately what does he do to robbie well daniel doesn't know what's happening right from his relationship with robbie robbie came to work for him was it all a ruse yeah he thought was this whole thing just a big uh, practical joke or something or this is funny to you he doesn't know what to make of it kicks Robbie out of the dojo, fires him from LaRusso Automotive, just banishes him, slams the door in his face, and then picks up his broken trophy, which I think is symbolic. A lot happened there. It He's was, lost his one and only student. Wow. He feels hurt. He was lied to. And also what's going on with Robbie? Robbie's lost his father figure for the moment and his sensei and his own father 
bails out and wants nothing to do with him. And I'm assuming Robbie still needs a ride home. <laughs> well, maybe a skateboard's around somewhere, and he doesn't yeah. have a hurt ankle. But yeah, in that moment, you're right. Robbie experiences the worst of it. He loses his real father and his father figure in the same second. It was a horrible scene for all parties involved. It was bad for Daniel, bad for Johnny, bad for Robbie. It was just a real painful scene to watch. It really was. But a cliffhanger that will lead up to the finale of season one. <sighs> I'm utterly besides myself. This episode especially really got to me. I think this show is such a compliment to the original film. In yeah. A way, you know, in ways that I never thought would be possible. It flips the script without disrespecting the original. Exactly. Without tainting the original. And it's rare to do that. I can't think of another movie that took the characters and went into a TV form. I mean... One that comes to mind, but it's not the same, was Fargo. Fargo is an incredible film, and I did not want to see the series. And then when I finally did, I was blown away by some of the best television I've ever seen. It's more in the spirit of, it's none of the characters from. Yeah, it doesn't take anything away from the no. movie. And season one is its own self-contained story. Season two is the same. And season one and two are phenomenal. This is taking Johnny Lawrence and Daniel LaRusso and bringing them into the modern world and all that comes with that. I cannot believe they executed this degree of genius. It's you know, incredible. I fashioned myself a decent writer, fairly creative mind, but I was watching this thinking, I don't know if I could have written this. Yeah. Like, these it, guys are good. It's no small feat. Yeah. Anyway, the creative team's amazing. We hope to have them on the podcast at some point in time because I'd love to learn more about the process. So thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. And please subscribe to us on Apple iTunes or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think. No mercy. Thanks so much.